Welcome back to another episode of Seahawks Man to Man Podcast, powered by The Athletic. My name is Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206. Mike, man, what is up? He's over in Arizona. How are you, man? I'm good, man. The weather out here is a lot better than it was back home, man. And I'm uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I mean, it's, it's dark right now. It's like, you know, I don't know, late at night. But, man, it feels good to get some sun for a couple days. And it feels good to the Seahawks to get a win. That's always great. And, of course, they can always follow Mike on Twitter. Where? Or you want to just give him the blue check? What's up, man? No, they, they know what it is, man. It's, I'm, I'm verified for a reason. They don't even <laughs> got to get the whole tag out there. There it is. But, yes, the Seahawks go on the road. And they handle business beating the, not the San Francisco 49ers. I'm way ahead of myself. They beat the Arizona Cardinals 27-10. to 10. And for the most part, the Seahawks did what everyone expected them to do, go on the road, handle this team. They got a rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, a lot of question marks going around. But, Mike, initially, what were some of your thoughts from this victory as the Seahawks improved to 3-1? and one? Uh, my, my first thought when you mentioned the Niners, do you know the Niners are already on a bye? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. That they already have a bye. That's, I didn't even realize that. So after the game, I saw Richard Sherman was just tweeting a bunch. I was like, man, don't he have a game? I was like, nope, he sure don't. You know, he, honestly, he was probably in Seattle, uh, to be honest, because he got that big house in Maple Valley. But anyway, my next big thing was Chris Carson. Mm. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to talk to Chris after the game. Uh, but, you know, he had his 100-yard day. And honestly, what stood out, man, the first thing I thought of, I can't remember what run it was. He ran through somebody's face early in the game. And I was thinking, you know, no, that's what it was. He hit the B button on somebody. He hit that spin. Oh, and Terrell like, Suggs. He hit the spin on Suggs? That's who that was? Yes. Oh, man. Hit T-Sizzle with the, with the spin move. T-Sizzle, the owner of the best Sunday night football intro of all time. It's like I have a few, like a top three. Uh, I think number three would probably be Michael Bennett, who says uh, he's from Wakanda. Uh, and then I would probably go with number two, Nate Burleson, who says he went to uh, Rainier View Elementary. So shout out to South Seattle. You feel me? And then number one is Terrell Suggs, who one time with the Ravens introduced himself saying, Hacksaw, ball so hard university. <laughs> and it was the best intro of all time. Anyway, when Chris hit the B button on T-Sizzle today, I was like, you know, that's why Pete Carroll was like, I'm supporting this cat. You know, Chris had 100 yards today. He had a season, a career high in uh, receiving yards with all, all just four catches. Chris is that dude. Like, not just like a regular old running back. I know that I'm kind of leaning towards, like, the running backs don't matter thing. But when you're the Seahawks and you want to run a certain type of way, not just running it, you want to have a style with it that fits what you do. I think Pete Carroll mentioned Chris's style three times after the game. Because Chris's style is what matters to this team. It's not that Chris is just really good. You know, Rashad could be really good. Behind a great O-line, CJ Prosize could look really good. He found the end zone today. Shout out to CJ. But Chris does it all. And he does the most important thing that Pete Carroll wants is, well, I guess the second most important thing. He runs through people. Then he can run around people. And then he can catch the ball. He's a do-it-all type of guy. And I, most importantly today, he held on to the damn ball. No fumbles. When I was, when I seen that today, I was like, "Yo, this is this is it. This is the Chris Carson they knew was coming, and that's why they believed in him." And I think this was a, you know he didn't score, but this was probably about as good as I've I've seen Chris in terms of showing his whole skill set. No, that I mean that's a great point. He definitely everyone was had questions about Chris Carson and whether or not he was going to bounce back after 
basically four fumbles and what four three games. Yeah, that- four fumbles in three games. Officially three fumbles, but like like we mentioned before, I'm giving the other one in the Pittsburgh game to him. Ball hit him in the chest, he hit him on, the, and then it hit the ground. That's on you, big fella. Makes sense. <laughs> and for him to bounce back the way he did, still be aggressive running the football, lowering his helm, lowering his shoulder, running through guys, getting that extra yardage, that just proves that he is still the guy. And not to give up on him. Yeah, he had a few fumbles, but these are things that he's worked on or that he has been working on, and he definitely showed it today because I'm sure the Cardinals are definitely going for the ball, but he he, he covered up with two hands, and he still punished defenders down the field. That that was pretty exciting to see from him today. Well, you know what's funny? Too? I didn't go check this stat, but I'm going to trust Bob on this. Bob, who writes for the Seattle Times. I think Russell Wilson during the week when talking about Chris Carson and his fumbles – said something to the extent of, yeah, I went up to Chris and I was like, hey, man, it's okay. You know, Walter Payton fumbled, right? Everyone fumbles. And then I think Bob said he looked it up over the weekend and, like, Walter Payton had, like, 30 fumbles in his first, like, three seasons. Damn. <laughs> or, or something something absurd. I'd have to go back and look. But the, the point of it was, like, yeah, man, you're going to fumble, you know, but what do you do after that? Russell Wilson had a really great quote today after the game. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read it off here real quick. He said, quote, I think we have one of the best running backs in the league. I think we all mess up. We all have plays that don't work out the way we wanted to. But I also know that the great players, they respond. They believe in what's going to happen next. And he's one of those guys, end quote. Yeah, because who knows better than than uh, than Russ about, like, failing and moving on. And it also speaks to what I think, like, social media has kind of ruined in terms of, like, player development. Because it's like one game, okay. He sucks or he's great, you know, or two games. Oh, he sucks. He's great. Oh, a preseason. Oh, he sucks. He's great. You know, we went through after the Tedrick game in the against the Bengals. It was like, oh, one bad play. All right, he's out of here. And it doesn't really work like that. And the Seahawks kind of know the long game. Like, yeah, he's going to put the ball on the ground. Marshawn put the ball on the ground. Marshawn is also great. And Chris has the potential to be great. And every part of his greatness was on, on display today. Catching the ball, like I said, running over people, jumping people. Like, today was the day to be like, oh, Chris has still got it. It's almost like Chris Carson got his groove back. Damn, that should have been my headline today. I I whiffed on that. (laughs) You're good. But I think everyone kind of overreacted over the past three games. And we have to realize there's a reason why the Seahawks made him the number one option. They believe that he was the best running back for this Seattle-type offense. And just because he fumbled a few times, they felt that they can definitely fix that situation. And it appears they have. It's just one game. But, man, did he look good today. He looked comfortable. I don't think the fumble was in his mind. He was out there, he was out there playing football the way he usually does. And that's what I think people wanted to see from the mo- for the most part. And my takeaway from the game, I'd have to go with the Seahawks need to be better at just putting teams away. They were playing the Arizona Cardinals today, a team that, again, they have a rookie head coach in Cliff Kingsbury, and they have a rookie quarterback in Kyler Murray. They were up 20-3 to for the majority of the game, pretty much. They went out and got that lead. But I think in the fourth quarter, you got to put them away. You can't allow them to get any confidence because we saw what they did against the Detroit Lions, or at least you saw the highlights. Detroit went up big on them. Now, by no means am I comparing the Detroit Lions to the Seattle Seahawks because Detroit has been abysmal for years, and things actually might be turning around, but who, who knows? But when you're up 20-3 to going into the fourth quarter, you got to figure out a way to get the offense going. There's got to be more assertiveness. You have to realize that, yeah, this team is, is young, new coach, but you got to put them away. You got to make sure they have nothing left to give because that touchdown, 
that changed things. And I don't know if you were nervous at all or what your thoughts were when they scored that touchdown in the fourth quarter with about 10 minutes and 30 seconds left. Those are I just those are I think those are just things you have to look for in in, a, in totality because against the Saints against a good team with a healthy quarterback, who knows how important these drives may become. But I do realize that defensively they got to figure out how to get off the field in those times. And offensively, they got to put points on the board. No, I, I hear you. You, got, you. you do got to put teams away. Now, I will I will counter with that. I think when the when Kyler Murray runs it in to make it 2010, I don't think anyone's really worried about whether the Seahawks will, will, will cough it up. I don't know. Maybe some people were Wazoo fans like us. We're, we're a little worried. But I don't think <laughs> anyone was really tripping. Uh, but I think when they did score, I think Kyler runs it in from like nine yards or something like that. I was kind of like, okay, there ain't no way they're going to score two more touchdowns in this quarter unless Kyler just starts running all over the place because they they did kind of limit this air raid. I know Kyler's raw numbers looked all right. 241 ain't, ain't the worst thing in the world, but it was nothing really, you know, deep, no balls over their heads. They didn't allow a passing touchdown. Uh, you know, then they responded with that, that eight-minute scoring drive right after that. Think about that. They had the ball for eight minutes that's crazy that's perfect seahawk football see it wasn't a, it wasn't a shutout in terms of the end zone it's hard to shut teams out in this league unless you're the patriots because apparently they have this, the, the best defensive of all time uh but I, I thought the way they responded in the fourth quarter was was really good i mean you, you have a point though you, you do want to slam the door on teams because yeah a better team may have a chance you know sneak back in it but i'm looking around the league Ain't that many, you know, hot teams right now, man, that the Dallas Cowboys lost. Shoot, the Saints with Teddy Bridgewater might be the best team in the NFC, man. How about that? <laughs> it's just something to look forward to as the Seahawks progress through the season and just something to keep in mind because I know people are going to throw things out there, but I just thought that was important just to get out there just because you see it today. And, yes, they did win 27-10 with that last – with that eight-minute – drive which pretty much put it away and that's what you want to see earlier in the game but by all means the Seahawks got it done it's just a minute thing that I think that they can fix as they get prepared to take on the Los Angeles Rams coming up on Thursday any bad things you noticed from the game Mike that maybe they need to work on or things that you had questions about man uh, you know, I was really looking at the defense in this one. And it, I mean, I was impressed by the sack numbers. I think they got to him four times, uh, including a Ziggy getting one on the final final possession of the – actually the final play of the game. But I've really been liking what I've seen from the secondary, man. I know it's hard when they have these raw numbers, right? But teams are going to put up decent raw numbers. That's what happens when you have an offense that bends and is built on not breaking. They're bending. The Cardinals are going to move the ball. They move the ball up and down the field for the most part on the Seahawks. Like, I think they had a bunch of drives end in Seattle territory, including, I think, their final one. They had, like, two missed field goals. Like, that's they, – they got a field goal. I mean, they got a touchdown. So, I mean, it's, it's going to happen. Teams are going to move the ball. But what happens in the red zone? And yeah. I wanted to see if whatever Cliff Kingsbury and them is doing will work in the red zone. Because, you know, as Wazoo fans, we watch it. Our red zone, our air raid struggles in the red zone. <laughs> right? like, it does. It really does because there's not that much space. You know, the air raid is all about finding space. I go where the defense is not and attack. The defense is everywhere in the red zone. And you need elite playmakers to really have an effective red zone offense. And Kyler Murray with his elite speed. Actually, can I talk about Kyler for like a minute? Really go ahead, quick? man. Floor is yours. Yo. Kyler Murray is so damn fast. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know if he's gonna be good 
in the league. I think he, there's obviously some potential there. Like he doesn't look wildly inaccurate. Uh, even the you know the interception he threw today was just I mean Jadavian Clowney's just a freak, uh, right? But for the most part, I don't think Kyler was wildly inaccurate. I think if you give that dude an O line, which is really what you need in the air raid. Um, maybe more than skill position players, you really need some guys to protect and let stuff develop. When you can you give that dude an O line, hell, just give him a left tackle, man. That dude could be dangerous. That has potential to be a, a bad boy. But the Seahawks like really held him him down. So I think if anything, that was my other like kind of big thing. I don't think I had a a negative there. I thought they played really sound football on both sides of the ball, and that's why they won by seventeen. That's true. And uh, my one thing, I guess, it's not the biggest, it's not even a big deal. I mean, we did get a few Twitter questions, which we will address coming up shortly. But DK, he had an interesting day. He was targeted a few times, but the one play he had that he needs to make is a drop. He had a touchdown in his hands, and he just couldn't come through with it. As big and physical as he is, he has to come down with those. Those are touchdowns. Nine times out of ten for him, he just got he has to figure out a way to just snag on, hang on to the football. That way he can get his touchdowns, man. He's good for yeah, a touchdown a game. You do got to catch the ball. I, I would, you know, you know me. I like to keep it real simple too. It's like if the ball's thrown to you and it hits your hands, catch it. If you're a running back and you got the ball, don't don't cough it up. I mean, it is it is pretty simple. Yeah, I didn't even notice that that was a drop until you had hit me about it because you know the, the camera angle sometimes in the stadium. Ain't great, so. I, but yeah, he does gotta. He does gotta catch it. He's a rookie, though. He's a rookie, and he had drop problems in college. Like, I don't expect him to be much more of a different player in the pros. That said, I'm with you. Catch the ball, especially in the end zone, man. You gotta score touchdowns to win in this league. <laughs> man, that would have been a nice little grab for him. I mean, as big as he is, that should be money every time. But other than that, man, the defense was great. You mentioned Chris Carson; he was shining today. And another guy who you didn't mention, Will Disley. He continues to ball out week in and week out. He, I think he might be, outside of Tyler Lockett, he might be the next best receiver that Russ loves throwing to. He is always open, finds space, whether it be in the seams or in the goal line. He is the man. You know, when someone asks me, we should. I want to hear your answer to this before we go to questions. Someone asked me, I think, is, is, a, is Will Disley a pro bowler? What do you think about that? I'm not sure. So the top three tight ends in the NFC are who make the Pro Bowl, I believe. So I don't. I don't maybe it might be even fewer than that. But what, what do you think? Mm, top three. All right. Well, the NFC. You got Zach Ertz, who he's gonna make it. You got. Mm, you might throw in Alex Hooper, out of Atlanta. Oh, he, oh no! Isn't Austin Hooper? Austin. Excuse me, Austin Hooper. In Atlanta, hmm, who else am I missing, Mike? Anybody? Uh, he's not healthy. Nope. Shoot, I mean, dang, he. I'm, who am I missing, Mike? There's a th- so the top the, the top three that I gave the dude was um, Evan Ingram. Oh George yeah, Kittle, Evan of the Giants. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then I think, and then I think Disley. Oh. So I think those are my those are my top three, but I forgot Ertz. Yeah, I was about. Um, to, what about Greg Olson? Did you say Olson? No, I did not say G Reg from the seventh floor. Shout out to everyone who gets that reference. Uh, <laughs> no, I did. I did not say G Reg. I would. I think I would probably take 
Disley over G Reg right now. But that's it's fair. A, it's a, it's a good battle right there. And then I think I I, I didn't see, but I read uh, Eric Ebron. Oh, he's in the he's in the AFC. Ready, ready. He was stuck up to joint. But yeah, in the NFC man, those he's he's right there in that battle, which is crazy to say for a fourth round pick who is like a blocking tight end, like dudes just catching a touchdown every game. That's like that's crazy, man. That's credit to John Snyder. They miss. In the in the in the front end of the draft, sometimes you know they, there's an Ethan Posick or a Malik McDowell or something right there every once in a while. But then boom, you get a Trey Flowers or a Will Disley, you know, or a Michael Dixon in the back half, or you know, a David Moore or a Chris Carson. It's crazy, man. Will is a rising star. I feel real confident about that. Not to mention he's tied for fourth with three touchdowns in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, man, dude's a beast. He really is. Yeah, that I would say. Yeah, why not? Yeah, let's do. Oh, oh! Before I go to the questions, I did find the stat on Walter Payton. His first year in the league, he fumbled nine times. His next year, ten. Next year after that, eleven. So yeah, thirty fumbles in his first three years. He was also All Pro in the his second and third years. So there was that. Wow. Well, if you think Chris Carson's struggling, boy. Imagine the, if there was Twitter back then. They wanted to bench Walter Payton. <laughs> you know what, Mike? They might have. <laughs> You, I don't know if you realize Twitter has a big influence on a lot of people. Yeah, I will. People have a big influence on people, and just Twitter makes it easier to express those opinions. I don't think Twitter is any more powerful than it just amplifies voices that otherwise went unheard back in those days. But like, yeah, no, uh, fan pressure is real, and the boy, the pressure would have been on man. He fumbled nine times as a rookie. They'd have put his butt on the bench. They might have cut him, Mike. I'm just gonna say that right now. <laughs> <laughs> For real, no, you ain't you ain't lying. But let's get right to the Twitter questions, man. We got quite a few again. We want to thank everyone out there for asking questions. We appreciate the love and support. Without further ado, let's get into it. We have our first question, and it comes from, I have to go to his Twitter page, actually, at Gargorshian. He wants to know, is it official yet that Jackson, Jefferson, and Green can ball? Um... And not on a consistent basis. I think those guys can all have their moments. Rasheem Green had a moment today. Uh, I don't know if Brandon Jackson had a moment today. Quinn Jefferson, like, had some moments in, like, week one. And he was all right, you know, in week two, I want to say. But those guys are inconsistent. You know, at the end, they're just not the studs. They got some talent, but they're not studs. They're, like, the equivalent of, like, the role player who can get hot, you know, on, like, your uh, the second night of a back-to-back or something like that. But she needs the stars. You need the, you need the Davian Clownies. You need the Ezekiel Ansas. You need the Jaron Reeds to like really be those dudes on a, on a weekly basis and then sprinkle the, the role players in. Those are some fine role players. At least none of them make like a gazillion dollars, you know, like the, the roster's constructed pretty well in that regard. But I don't think, I don't think the numbers will bear that out too. Those guys are really consistent, you know, but they, as long as the stars keep producing each week, like Ziggy and JD did today, then all it's going to take is a few splash plays here and there from the role players. Got you. All right. Shout out Gagorshian for that question. Appreciate it. We got Ryan Turner at Turns44. Appreciate the love, man. Big road win for the Hawks. Arizona is always, they're always good. Get right opportunity game. Since his big week one game, DK has been pretty pedestrian. Only getting a few targets a game. Are Brown and Moore getting in the way of his development by taking targets away from him? Keep killing it. Nah, man, I don't, I don't think that David, uh, who do you say? Oh, yeah, David Moore and Jerron Brown or anyone's taking really, maybe David Moore is taking some snaps away from DK, but DK was targeted four times on Sunday. Right? He just only happened to catch one ball. Tyler Lockett was also targeted four times. 
on Sunday. He just happened to catch all four. So I don't think the target distribution was just that much of a drop-off. He just got to make the most of your opportunity. So, I mean, I'm, I'm still high on DK. You just got to, like you said, catch the ball, man, when it, when it, when it comes to you. <laughs> Pretty much. Your next question, JRB, shout out at JRBatman23. Thoughts on Rasheem Green? I think Rasheem just had like one tackle today. I think it was a sack. Now, I, w- I will say this. This goes to the inconsistent thing I mentioned. If you can make those flash plays, then you're good as a role player. You know, if, you, if you're the one guy who can catch uh, Kyler Murray's little fast, but then you're good. Yeah. I thought that was a good moment for Rasheem. He comes up in those kind of moments because he's, he's, I think he did it last year. He had a sack against Aaron Rodgers on primetime. Obviously, he had that strip sack to end the game against the Bengals in week one. And then uh, the, the sack today wasn't, like, huge. But with as much as Kyler Murray was, like, eluding those guys in the backfield, it did feel like a big play. So, I mean, again, Rasheem's not going to be a stud, I don't think. But he might be a decent role player. And when you're getting him on the cheap, that's fine. Bigger stat in the desert. This is from Sam at Sammy C 521 What up, Sam? Bigger stat in the desert. Seahawks stay undefeated since 2013? Or B, no Seahawks were lost to injury for the season? Okay, it's got to be B because, you know, they didn't lose anybody for the year. And it also can't be A because they did lose a game in the desert since 2013. They lost the Super Bowl, man. Like, it, it just wasn't <laughs> against the Cardinals. They lost the Super Bowl right here, man. You can see the end zone and rust through that stupid pick. Yeah, they, so I, I can't – that stat has too much of an asterisk on it. Like, they lost the only game that mattered that year, you know, here in this stadium. The stadium is cursed. Maybe they broke the curse today, but I just can't ignore that that game happened. Appreciate the question, but – yeah, no, that's, you can't ignore that game. Got it. Our next one is from Thomas Beeson at Lil Taco 21. Is Chris Carson the man or is he the man? Also, who improved most on the performance from last week to this week? Chris Carson is definitely the man. Like, he's, he's a beast, man. You see how he put his chest all up in that corner? I think his name is Kevin Peterson. He rolled that dude for five yards and put him on his back and got the first down. That's a beast mode type of run. Uh, the second thing, who improved the most from last week? Um, this is close. It's between Jadavian Clowney and Michael Kendricks, but I'm probably going to go with Kendricks. He missed a lot of tackles, I think, in, uh, against the Saints. I mean, everyone did. But, you know, Kendricks uh, especially, I thought. Today, man, he was he was one of the other guys who could get to Kyler Murray. Who is fast, man? He's fast. He's hard to... It's hard to get down. I think uh, Quentin Jefferson told me after the game, I was like, what was it like chasing around Kyler? He was like, dude, start shaking his head. He was like, man, it's like Tom and Jerry out there chasing that that dude around. But, yeah, I, I would have to give that nod to Michael Kendricks. He had two sacks, like six tackles. He had a really good bounce back day. Another dude, they're getting on the cheap, man. Got it. Next one is from Bryce Coots at Bryce Coots. What up, Bryce? Appreciate the love. What did you think of Tedrick's game, and when do you think Adrian Colbert sees the field? I think I've established that I'm just hashtag Team T2. I don't know how I got on hashtag Team T2, but I feel like I got a ride for the brother, man, because it just everyone just hates hates his guts so much, and I feel bad for him because I don't think he's that bad of a player. He's just not Earl. I think if he was coming after anyone but Earl freaking Thomas, uh, he'd be graded on a bit uh, more of a friendlier curve. I think Tedrick was fine today. I think the penalty on him for uh, I think it was. Either a late hit or unnecessary roughness was a really bad penalty. I think they played the result on it that the dude didn't catch it. Because imagine if dude catches the ball, right? Then it's just a regular hit that he led with his shoulder right to the dude's, like, ribs. That's a legal hit. It's just because that dude didn't catch it. It looks like he just cracked him for no reason. It's like, how's Tedrick supposed to know? 
He's yeah. coming flying in, ducks his head. He doesn't know if the dude catches it. His job is to make sure he doesn't. So I, I thought Tedrick played really well. I don't know why he was out for one series in favor of Lano Hill. But I think Tedrick's been fine, man. You know, here's how, if you're ever wondering how Tedrick's uh, doing in a game, it's for everybody. Ask yourself, was there any deep passes over the middle? If the answer is no, Tedrick probably played well. If the answer is yes, then Tedrick probably played bad, which is a good rule of thumb right there. Today there was nothing, and I think Tedrick played well. All right. Next up, we got Ross at Ross Fryzer. Simple question. We are one-fourth the way through the season. Are the Seahawks a good team? Are we happy to be making the playoffs, or would we be disappointed if we don't make a deep postseason run? I mean, at this point, the, the NFC is so wide open, you kind of can't expect a, a deep postseason run. I'm also anticipating health, making sure everyone stays healthy. But then I'm I'm still not forgetting about Jay Reed. Like, you're looking at a starting lineup on the, de- on the defensive line of Jadavion Clowney, Ziggy, Puna, Jay Reed, with a team that's already doing really well stopping the run. That's a team that can probably go anywhere in the NFC and win a game, especially since the Cowboys... That would probably, I thought, would be the toughest play, especially since they lost there last year. The Cowboys just lost to the Saints, man. They scored 10 points at home. Lost to the Saints without Teddy, uh, without Drew Brees, excuse me. So, nowhere looks scary. The Rams just got their butt whooped, so L.A. ain't scary. Maybe New Orleans would be scary, but, I mean, maybe Chicago would be scary just because of that defense, but Mr. Visky's bad. Uh, Chase Daniel ain't no better. So, yeah, at this point, with the way it's trending, with one of the best t- tight ends in the NFC, with obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the league, one of the best running backs in the conference, and then this front seven that's playing well, a deep postseason run is probably what you should expect at this point. I mean, anything else, yeah, you should be disappointed. Got it. Next up, we have Daniel Leon at Daniel Leon 17. LJ Collier seemed to have a better game today. Do you see this as a jumping-off point for his season? Um, I don't, I don't know. Well, the answer, actually, I say is no. LJ, since he missed the whole preseason, I really don't even want to evaluate him until his fifth game. So that's basically giving him a preseason. He needs time to make those mistakes. You know, Phil's would like to play a full game, like get out of breath, catch a second win, and know how to finish a game. Like, he's he's just a rotational dude right now, still trying to find his legs. You know, I, I can't call this like a jumping off point. I mean, dude had one tackle today. <laughs> one tackle is a difference between a good game and a bad game for a defensive end. You know, I got to see how many snaps he played, you know, but I don't want to be unfair to him in that way. Talk to me in game five. Let's see how he plays from then, because then basically that's when his rookie year starts for me, because you need the preseason catch up to the speed, to make mistakes, to have film for the coaches to critique. You need all that. Got so it. Week five, or not week five, excuse me. Game five for LJ. Let's talk about it then, and then we can evaluate him from that point on. Sounds good. We got RG at RHG underscore 1985. Is Marquise, or excuse me, Marquise Blair is a healthy scratch. Is that a cause for concern? Or he's just, or is he just a little behind from his injury during the off season? Okay, so I don't think that Seahawks drafted as, as bad as in 2017 as everyone else thinks. Malik was a bad pick, yeah. Ethan Posey probably a bad pick. After that, I mean, Nas Jones is uh, iffy too. But like Delano is clearly a guy who can start. Like there hasn't been a time that Delano started, and everyone's like, oh god, let's get 42 out of there. Right, like Tedrick, they have thought that, but I would disagree with that. You obviously got Shaq there, uh, and then you obviously uh, grabbed Demo and Chris Carson in that draft as well. Man, that draft was actually all right, and I, I bring up those guys because Marquise Blair is a rookie. 
it's hard to play safety as a rookie, and they've got three dudes in BMAC, Tedrick, and Lano who can all start. When you got dudes like that, yeah, there might be some, you know, inactive days for Marquise. I don't think he sucks. I mean, we just got to see. Remember, he missed the preseason too. I think he only played in the first game. So yeah, it's, it's going to take a little bit. I don't, I don't think we'll really see Marquise this year as long as BMAC, T2, and uh, and Lano are all healthy. Same goes for AJ and Colbert too, man. Or Colbert, I don't know how you say his name, but. Yeah, it'll be a while, too. Like, the three guys they have right now in that safety rotation are, are pretty decent. You see, ain't nobody throwing on these guys like that. Yeah, you you are right about that. Our next question comes from Nick Skellington at NKDD96. He has a two-part question, the first part. I think you guys were talking about going with a running back by committee on the last episode. That was a little bit more of Mike, but that is totally fine. <laughs> does, does this game change your opinion, assuming... Penny is a is healthy soon. Um, no, it doesn't. Well, I guess if you're just gonna throw me under the bus like that, Chris, then yes, <laughs> my opinion is changed. I mean, the only reason I was suggesting maybe a timeshare is if Chris Carson was gonna put the ball on the ground because more carries is just gonna maximize the odds that he or increase the odds that he puts the ball on the ground again. But he's holding on to it. You don't need Rashad. You don't need CJ. You only need those dudes when Chris is tired. And I don't know about you, but I ain't never seen Chris Carson look tired in my life. So <laughs> until that happens, uh, then you just you just roll with your with your bell cow. No, that's that makes sense. Last week I just pretty much said limit his carries. You don't have to give him twenty five to thirty touches. I would say somewhere between fifteen and twenty. And the Seahawks today actually, I think he ended up having how many carries did he have today? Was Twenty-two it? carries, and then he had four catches. Uh, yeah, so 26 touches total. Yeah. You know what? And he didn't fumble the football. Do what you got to do. All right? That's all I got to say. Do what you got to do, even if healthy, even if Penny is healthy. The next, the second part to his question, DK seemed a bit quiet today. Anything to be worried about or just a rookie or just a learning experience for a rookie? Yeah, nah. That's like I said earlier with DK, man. He had just as many targets as Tyler. You just got to catch the ball. And two of those, I think, were like... Russ just throwing it just like away kind of but slash jump balls for DK and the timing on those is just not not there yet that's going to take some time but no I'm not worried about DK alright our last question is a pretty funny one it's from Tom Gia Lanella at Mr. Tommy G-Man you're not going to call us fat dumb happy and entitled if we ask bad questions right no, man, I'm not as mean as Mike Leach. I'll never call any listeners to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast fat, dumb, happy, entitled, talk about fat little girlfriends or anything. I'm not going to call you guys soft. I'm a lot nicer than, than Mike Leach, man. We show love to our – this is a partnership here. We, we, we can't do anything on the podcast if we don't have listeners. So we appreciate y'all. And I ain't never going to call nobody fat, dumb, happy, and entitled, at least not when the mics are hot. Let's just uh, – let's, let's go with that. There it is. We want to thank everybody for asking Twitter questions. We appreciate the love and support. But before we get out of here, you know what time it is. It's hot take time. Mike, man, what is your hot take? Okay, I don't know if this counts as hot now because of what just happened in L.A., but uh, I think the Seahawks are going to win a division. Woo! I think my, I just dropped my mic, bro. <laughs> is that hot? I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see. It it'll really just comes down to Thursday night. I mean. Uh, if they beat the Rams, then they're in a good spot. So we'll see. That's my hot take for the, for the week. That's a good hot take, man. That's a good hot take. All right, man. Get you some rest. I know you got to get got to get a flight early in the morning, right? What time? Oh, man. You don't want to know. You okay. Know. 
Well, listeners, you don't want to know what time I got to get up. But we want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of Seahawks Man to Man. We will catch you later this week. And then we'll catch you again another time this week because, of course, the Seahawks play Thursday night. Anything you want to add, Mike, before we shake? Uh, some caffeine. Uh, but uh, <laughs> other than that, no, I don't want to add anything, man. I appreciate the love, man. We're out. You see, I don't have to drive me. You can say that for your mama. Maybe you should smoke some. Man, try the marijuana. I was never you good. The vibe was straight. Shows you a couple of things and they finished.